Hey everyone, this is Gary Kay. Welcome to a new edition of Rants and Raves. Um, we had a busy week last week with launch week. Uh, now we're kind of getting back to normal and I wanted to welcome Luke Jordan uh, to this morning. Luke is uh, caught up a little bit in a snowstorm of all things in Dallas and uh, Texas. Well, I'm about 30 miles west in a town called Fort Worth, and we're proud of that distinction. Uh, <laughs> but we are actually under snow, which is just a strange phenomenon for us. Yeah, it is really weird. I lived in Dallas, uh, as we were talking about earlier, for a couple of years, almost three years, and we never got any kind of snow. And all of a sudden, you've got like six inches on the ground, which is, uh, which is awesome for the kids, as long as it's the kind that you can make snowballs with. Yeah, it's it's so dry. You can just make it snow a little bit more, uh, which is no fun. Uh, but we don't have any snow plows or any equipment as a city to handle this. So I've had to uh, shut down all operations for today, take it day by day. My leadership team and I are trying to figure out when we can safely get our people back on the job site and keep them moving. So this is uh, just something that we are not used to preparing for. Yeah, usually uh, it's it's the hottest place on earth <laughs> in that area. Now it's the coldest. But uh, well, uh, the reason why I to have you on is um, in addition to being the vice president and co-steward of Electroacoustics, an integrator that if you don't know much about, you should connect with Luke Jordan on uh, LinkedIn, which is how we got to know each other. Luke, you have a very interesting sort of story. I think your story is actually not too different than a lot of people who've been in our industry for a while. I want you to talk about your dad and sort of how he got into the industry, because I, I think it mirrors a lot of stories. And I think it also um, bears the lesson of why uh, having education like the CTS program is important. So my grandfather owned a residential AV company and my dad worked for him in high school. Uh, but my dad screwed around in high school and didn't uh, have the opportunity to pursue uh, college or he wanted to be an architect. So instead, he decided to keep working for his dad doing AV. Um, and then he started wanting to do more enterprising, larger commercial stuff, but didn't really have the, the know-how to do that. So he went mm -hmm. to SynodCon with Don Davis in 1979, uh, but he started buying textbooks on sound engineering, acoustics, math, uh, stuff that he didn't really know or pay attention to or have the opportunity to go learn in a, a more formal setting. And so he started taking the quizzes in the back of the book reading through the information and start applying that to, to jobs and projects. And it, it really took off. So in the same way, the, the CTS program, uh, it provides a lasting generational legacy. So if you come from a background that, that maybe no one in your family has gone to college or has any formal uh, priority on the value of education growing up, you have the ability to teach yourself something and then see an immediate benefit, whether it's a promotion uh, or a new career path opens up to you, uh, you can take your family and end in a completely different place. And someone who teaches uh, themselves the value of education will likely pass that on to their kids. And education doesn't have to mean a four-year university, uh, but it could. Uh, but either way, you're going to be reading, learning, and teaching yourself. And so passing that on to your kids and their kids the, your, your family tree will end up in a completely different place years down the road where you'll never see the, the impact of that. But that all starts with understanding the, the value that education has. And the CTS in that same way, you don't have to wait for someone to grab you and tell you what, what you're going to do. At any point in time, you can get a membership, take that, take that exam, study for it, 
and and immediately open up your own opportunities. And so the 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 long lasting impact is just so far reaching and just has so much value. And I've seen that in my own family because of how my dad applied that. It's an interesting story, and I think it's been repeated many times in our industry where where the you know, people got in the industry because of their parents. Maybe they were a member of a band and just liked audio, or maybe they were uh, in production, you know, studio production and, and really got into video and, and enjoyed going to work with their mother and father. Uh, but uh, you bring up a really good point with regard to the, 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 the value of the, having the textbook available, but also the certification program as well. Absolutely. Uh, but also Luke heads up the uh, certification steering committee for Avixa. Luke, talk about what that committee does for Avixa. Yeah. Uh, so the certification um, committee at uh, Avixa is the, really an oversight committee for several subcommittees that actually do all the work. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a figurehead, if you will. Uh, but so we've got uh, item writing uh, for, for the different exams, CTS, CTSI, CTSD, uh, there's ethics, there's, um, application committee. And so they oversee the administration of the, the CTS certification program. And then the, um, steering committee that I've been a part of for three years now, uh, we approve budgets for VIXA. Uh, as far as certification goes and have input onto the allocation of those funds. And then whenever there's a change that requires uh, a vote to involved with ANSI or with any uh, of the nuances of that accredited program, uh, we're called upon to be a part of that. And, and that's set up because uh, the CTS program is ANSI certified. So the RCCD by BIXI uh, is a self-regulated certification uh, and it has tons of value and it's a great thing, but it's not set up with ANSI. So the amount of regulatory involvement is, is just really different. And so the people that write the CTS exam are people then uh, are different than the folks that uh, do the educational materials and training for the exam. So they're kept in two separate camps and uh, they don't really know what the other is doing but that's part of that ANSI certification and making sure that everything's completely above deck and visible. And so our committee exists in order to make sure that that's all been done correctly, but then also to promote the value of certification to our industry and continue to keep that a, a thriving, valuable service. Well, let's talk about the, the certification with regard to ANSI versus non-ANSI, because when I was involved in the PETSI years ago, this is 20-some years ago, um, we kind of re-engineered the CTS program, which had been around for, I think, 50 years earlier and had kind of died off and gone away. And originally, we created a, a – it wasn't online then because back in the early 90s, there was no internet. But there was – we put put it in a CD. Well, first we had a, a text version, then we put it in a CD, and then eventually went online. Um, since then, obviously, uh, Avix has gone the direction of the ANSI standards. Um, do you feel like, uh, you know, I, obviously you have experience with both sides of it, being an educator as well and, and being interested in sort of the best practices as well as standards in our industry. Do you feel like the ANSI slows, th the ANSI certification slows things down, but is a benefit to slowing it down in the sense that that you have this extra certification layer uh, that is 
internationally recognized, even though ANSI's based in the U.S.? Or do you do you feel like that the benefit outweighs that? Um, because we are one of the only organizations in our industry that does use the ANSI certification. Yeah, that's that's one of the, that's the crux of one of the biggest debates I've seen around: is the CTS valuable or not? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think the CTS is valuable. The question is. Does it need to be ANSI certified? And that's, that's, I'm curious what you think about that. Like, do you think that we would get more people if it wasn't ANSI versus not? Or do you feel like the ANSI certification, uh, and not to put you on the spot, I'm just curious what you think personally, if the ANSI certification is worth the effort, because it's a lot of extra effort, as you mentioned. I mean, it's, it's a lot more. You have different people doing the testing than delivering the education is an, as one example that you pointed out. No, not to mention the annual audits that Avixa has yeah. to go through to keep their certification, and and they've got, it, it's it's a lot, uh, it, and it all everything comes down to what's the value of it. If something doesn't add value, what's the point of having that yeah. as a product, service, or offering? And so, uh, the the big debate is, uh, end users. How many end users are saying, "Are you CTS certified? Are you are you an Apex company?" Um, and if they're not asking for that, then what's the point if I already know how to do it all of actually having certification and if Good the point. certification is ANSI regulated or not, does it matter if people aren't asking for it? Yeah. So that, that's kind of the big debate, uh, as a, as a business owner though, uh, and someone that, uh, largely uses W2 employees, uh, we have relationships with 1099 contractors and those have been great, but the focus we have is with W2 employees and we provide training and the training materials and we provide reimbursements for the certification exams. And we have um, kind of gates to promotion as well as automatic pay bumps associated with CTS um, certifications. The reason we do that is because it adds value. I'm willing to spend that money because I do expect a return on that. I want my employees uh, to better themselves, to develop in five years. I want someone who has five years more experience, not one year of experience five times over. <laughs> and so Good having, point. having certifications and, and saying, this is where I was at. And then I've, I've gained these skills at this level and I'm now able to perform at a higher, more effective level. That does mean as a business owner that we are likely making less mistakes, making more profit, having less frustration, working less overtime, and spending more time with our families, which is really what everyone wants. No one wants to show up to work and work 90 hours and not sleep and be frustrated and eat junk food because you don't have time to prepare, you know, whatever. Um, but all of that really does tie into uh, what's the value of the certification. And so to me, having an ANSI-regulated uh, certification means that we've done our homework, that we are we are being watched, we are being checked, and that it is absolutely as good as it can be. One of the interesting things, uh, you'll see this on forums, Avixa <clears throat> uh, is releasing a third version of the CTS uh, prep, prep guide. And when people will hear that that's coming out, They'll they'll get a little panicked and say, "Hey, this is coming out. Do I need to do I need to buy this book? I have the second version. How long is that going to be good for?" And the answer is, the people writing that book are, you know, air gap. All you network guys, completely air gapped from everyone who's actually writing the exam. There's there's no correlation at all. Uh, and the frustrating thing about this is you can memorize every every answer, every line of the book. 
and then you might see something on the exam that you've never seen before. Yeah. And that's because the test is not designed to measure your understanding of the book. It's designed to measure your understanding of the materials, of the principles that the book tries to teach. And as AV over, uh, when I when I got my CTS in 2014, 13, I don't know. It's been six years. I don't do math. I'm in sales. Um, the, the CTS prep book still had how to use an oscilloscope to calibrate analog RGBHV uh, video lines. And we had been doing VGA over Cat5 almost exclusively by that point. Yeah. And I remember looking and only like 1% of that section was going to cover that uh, specific part of that chapter on the test. And I said, I can probably miss that question and still pass. I just don't really do analog video. I've never had yeah. to. The analog yeah. sunset happened before I got into the industry. And so then I got to the test and it only asked about digital video signals because the test had evolved faster than the prep materials. Um, so I think that it adds a lot of value having an exam that tests for understanding, not for the ability to regurgitate information. And that can be frustrating when you get into the test and there's yeah. stuff you haven't seen. Um, but that also gives you, I actually failed my CTS the first time I took it. Um, so that's it's good funny to know. that that's I'm good involved. To know that the person in charge of the the uh, this <laughs> the steering committee failed it makes everyone feel better, right? Because there's a lot of I'm sure there's a lot of people that failed the first time around. I've, I've I've got that out of the way. You can still succeed in the industry even if you're a failure at one point in time. Absolutely, <laughs> but but I, it gave me good feedback on on what I didn't know and what I needed to study, and uh, I ended up taking six months to come back and and retest and and pass with flying colors. Yeah. So, so speaking of, you, you mentioned you were starting to talk about how AV over IP is a good example of something that needs to be updated in the educational side of things. There's tons of content on online available about AV over IP from companies like Extron and Crestron, but also from the SDVOE. So I think what you're saying from a steering, uh, from a steering committee standpoint is that you can't exclusively get educated from the textbook. You have to look at what else is going on out there because the ANSI side of things, which is doing the testing is paying attention to what's the latest, not necessarily what's in the textbook book itself. We have a, someone here in our company, uh, Steph, who's doing a study with Steph where she's going from knowing nothing to getting her CTS certification in a matter of yeah. 25 weeks, or at least taking the test for it. And, um, and her chapters for the video cast are based on the chapters in the, in the book. So what she needs to do is also add in some ancillary material, like for example, with AV over IP and maybe with, maybe with uh, audio over IP like Dante and things like that. I don't know what's in the book. You know, when I took it, there was no Dante. <laughs> so, so and, uh, yeah. And, and that's the thing is, you know, it, yeah. uh, it was, it was uh, uh, calibrating analog video for me. Uh, it was AV over IP a couple years ago. That's since been, been updated. Uh, but there's there's always going to be something else, yeah. and that's that's a good thing. Um, that that the, the technology is evolving, the educational materials are tracking with that. Um, but again, it's about the understanding, and that's the value of continuing education. So you've got to get 30 renewal units every three years in order to maintain your certification, or you've got to pass an advanced uh, CTS certification. So if you have your CTS, then you can renew 
in three years, or if you pass your CTSI, that resets the, the counter. Um, but you've got to get those, and it comes from webinars. Avixa will host webinars. You can take classes. Uh, manufacturers offer training, so Audinate, you can get uh, mm -hmm. level one, level two Dante certified. Sure has their systems integrator training classes. Uh, Epson will do, uh, you know, how to specify a screen size and brightness calculations and uh, it, it's just there's fantastic educational materials out there and again the reason you get an, an ru to apply towards your certification is because you can learn more and and not all manufacturers certifications are created equal some uh let's yeah. be honest it's a sales pitch yeah which can be frustrating but um the majority of them really do offer a lot of good value and you can use uh not just their products, but they teach the principles behind it. And you can use even their competitors' products better because you understand why that works and that adds good value. But if if you're getting the information from them and they're doing a good job communicating it, likely you'll use that manufacturer more. So it's a good sales strategy. But at the end of the day, it really does add value to the individual technicians, integrators, and end users that are making those products work. Yeah, and in fact... Um a manufacturer can actually apply for a full CTS credit, one-to-one, -one, one hour of education to one hour credit, if it is technical education or half a credit if it's product-based. So that's one way to kind of measure the quality of the education. I think in some cases is if it is sales-oriented, it's only going to get a half a credit per hour. If it's a if it's technical, it can they can actually get a full credit. Um, and I've done that on behalf of a number of manufacturers over the years in developing curriculum. Um, and on the other other side of that coin, yeah. one one other thing that that the certification steering committee uh, does do for Avixa is we actually review all of the manufacturer courses because uh, they've got to uh, re reapply to have their manufacturer training approved uh, as an RU provider course, and so uh, we we meet we meet weekly to review uh, submissions for. Uh, approval and we'll we'll kind of make sure that the uh, the different manufacturer courses being offered for our use are are appropriate and is it a sales pitch is it uh, more principle and technical based training uh, just to make sure that that's all in line yeah and I think that's really important because you, you want to be able to differentiate between the two when that happens um, because you don't you know, if you have an expectation, you're going to get some technical education, which a company like Sure, as an example, would be great at teaching in a microarray class and placement of microphones in rooms, even though they make mics, um, because, you know, they have that expertise with the development process and the DSP technology, as an example. But then they also have, a, you know, they also have courses on their products specifically. So I think there should be a differentiation between the two. Um, so, Luke, thanks for all you do for the industry. You've served three times uh, three through three cycles of the uh, steering committee. Uh, um, I know that uh, I, I saw the article that you just got reelected again. So I know you'll, you'll, you're going to be in your position at least through 2021, I guess, right? Yes. So I, I will be the chair through the end of 2021. Uh, and then I'll have one year left on my term on the committee, but they, we reelect the chair or we, we elect a new chair every year. Uh, and that's something that the committee does internally, and I've been blessed to uh, hold that position the last few years. Um, but it it definitely keeps you uh, sober, knowing that you've you've got to uh, provide 
good leadership and communication to the industry about the the value and the quality of the certification program. Yeah, and it's very important that people understand how, how complex this is, and it's not simply a bunch of good old boys that have come up with education, uh, which is kind of how our industry got started. So there's nothing, you know, you have to start somewhere, but now, you know, obviously it's pretty cool to see the different layers that exist that are guaranteeing us the quality of the education and people like you who are willing to volunteer. That's another thing that should be mentioned is Luke's not getting paid for this. He's volunteering time away from his company and family to do something like this. Um, and in fact, check out Electroacoustic online. Uh, check out Luke uh, by uh, by going to LinkedIn and just type in Luke Jordan. You'll find him. Or you can put in Luke Jordan CTS. Luke, I have a question for you. What's your website for Electroacoustic so that people want to find out about your company? EAVI.com. EAVI.com. Well, thank you very much, Luke. I appreciate you joining me today. And congratulations. Thanks again for all you do for the industry. And uh, I want to thank everyone for watching. Of course, you can see all of our video casts at raypubs.com. And uh, hey, thanks. Have a great day.